you've arrived. You've arrived to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Come along as he explores the shadows of yesterday's failures in order to gain the knowledge required for a better tomorrow. The journey starts now. What is up, folks? What is up? Bob Dog checking in with you. What's up? Nipple Whiskers podcast once again. Once again, once again. Oh, man. What a week. What a week. So I wanted to bring you guys a little information this week about basically my childhood. And if I had to sum it up, I would call my childhood the American dream. Um, There's not much that I would change, at least up until third grade in my life. I think that I had, by definition, by the book, I think I had it all. Um, We didn't have all the money, but we had everything. And we had our family. We had all my sisters. We had uh, my mom and my dad were together. I didn't know anything about separation. I didn't know anything else, but, you know, together, sports, um, my dad would work all day. My mom would make sure, you know, we had all our packed lunches, make sure everything, the laundry was done at home, make sure everything was done, make sure the house was clean or that we would clean what we needed to clean. And my mom managed everything around the house. My dad went to work. When he came back from work, he went in the garage, you know, he came in to eat dinner and, you know, it was, we had a very scheduled life. It was perfect. Um, it was me, my dad, I had four older sisters and a little brother. My little brother's two years younger than me. My older sisters were all from previous marriages. So they, at this point, all knew of divorce. Um, my youngest sister, I think, is eight years older than I am. I think there's another one that's like nine months older than her. And then the other ones are roughly 11 years older than me and maybe 13 years older than me. So they're much older than me. By the time I can remember being 12, 13, they were already gone. They were not anywhere near. They were basically some of them in other states. They were married. They were gone. So my childhood, they were involved in. But right to the point where I can really start remembering around when my mom left and everything, um, life has already had changed. With that being said, my dad owned a business. Um, My dad's business story, as far as I know, was he started working there when he was 16 at a small speedometer shop. A speedometer is the thing on your car that tells you how fast you're going. Um, In America, we do it in miles per hour. In Europe and most other parts of the the world, it's done in kilometers. I only know this because I have a dash in one of my Hondas from Lithuania, and it's in kilometers. So when officer asked me, you know how fast you're going, and the speed limit's 50 miles an hour, I got to tell him, you know, 83 kilometers and you know he's, he's got to know what i'm talking about or he's you know it's an interesting conversation to say the least um my dad owned that owned a shop that fixed speedometers and prior to probably the mid 90s um all speedometers were done by cable so there was just a cable that went up from your engine or your tires or you know however your, your car was designed There was a cable that went up and spun a magnet pretty much that spun the needle and told your car how fast you were going. Very interesting, but that's what my dad did. And I remember when people could get, when people got a ticket, you would be able, if my dad could calibrate or figure out if your speedometer was off calibration to where it said you were going 55, but the officer clocked you at 72. So if your speedometer is off calibration by, I don't know what is that, 10 miles an hour, you know, at 62, 
instead of 72, which you're, you know, your speedometer is not calibrated. So you didn't know you were going that fast. You thought you were going 62 instead of 72 or, you know, however. So it was always interesting. Um, I know that it was illegal to wind the mileage back on an odometer. So if a car had 300,000 miles, it was illegal to go backwards to 240,000 miles. Say they took it out of a junk car and they wanted to move the mileage or something, whatever the deal was, that's illegal. However, the law doesn't say you can't set it forward to the point where it resets to zero and then continue setting it forward to where it goes to 240,000 miles. So yes, it's illegal to go backwards. But there's a fine gray area about going forwards and getting going, you know, forward to where it resets. I always thought that was interesting. But little things about owning a business back in the day that I picked up just from being a little kid. Um, Around that time, you know, the owner of that business originally was a man that I ended up calling my grandfather, my grandpa Doug. Um, My dad's father, I don't know many stories about him. It'd be interesting to hear one day. I believe that he knocked out my dad's two front teeth with one punch. Um, When his mom passed away when he was younger, maybe 11 or 13, and then his dad took over, was like a Hell's Angels, like motorcycle guy. And I guess he, you know, he put hands on them or whatever. I'm not really sure what exactly happened. So my dad's first boss at 16, basically my dad ended up owning the business. And the original owner became like my grandpa. So I remember... um, the day he died was the first death that I experienced in my life. I remember that one very severely. I think I was only five years old, but I remember them telling me, and I just ran to my bed and started crying. Like, I couldn't help it. I remember Grandpa Doug was gone, and I remember we used to go on his boat, and we used to go deep sea fishing. And I remember catching a barracuda when I was maybe four or five years old, and it almost pulled me into the water. It was like a trip. Um... So that was crazy. That was I remember just my first death. That'll never I'll never forget it. I went to the funeral and everything. And, you know, maybe like a couple years later my grandma died and I didn't go to that funeral. I'm not a big one to go to funerals. I didn't find the point on the first one and I remember the second death I like told my family like I don't want to go to the funeral. Like that's not my thing. I'm not into funerals. Um I didn't go. I do go nowadays um more socially. I don't see any point like to the dead to be there. I'll go visit the grave like on my own. I'll go read a Bible like on this day. I'll, I'll go read a book or something like sit down and read a book on like by the gravestones or something. That's how I get like my alone time. But uh, as far as being there in attendance to, you know, it's not a party and you know, everybody's all sad and stuff. And I'm not really that sad. I think, you know, a lot of suffering is gone for most people. Um, With that being said, Pops was always a good guy. He always uh obeyed the law, always working on motorcycles, Still works on motorcycles to this day, constantly in the garage. Just recently retired. Um, he lost a business somewhere after my mom left. You know, shortly after, within the, last, in the next couple of years, three years after, maybe he transition transitioned into a vintage motorcycle shop where he built only 1975 and older dirt bikes. Pretty cool. We used to break them all the way down and rebuild them from the frame up. It was always cool. Um, but that wasn't very successful. That didn't last very long. It, it lasted a very short time, maybe a year, year and a half. And then he moved into Armored Car Driver. That was an interesting scene that I got exposed to. Um, never messed with him, mostly due to my dad being 
in that position. So I never really did mess with armored cars, even though, you know, I always saw them as a target. And, you know, just talking with my dad, it was very true. A lot of them were targets. And a lot of the robberies didn't get reported just because they don't want people attempting it and getting the idea. So they don't even really report all of the robberies. I would hear of more from him than I would on the news. And I'm pretty in tune to hear that type of stuff, um, unfortunately. With that being said, my mom, she was a stay-at-home mom for most of, you know, my childhood. We would sit down and do homework every night at like 8 p.m., just jump on the bed, do homework, kept all the kids in check. Um, she definitely had her issues. Uh, one of my earliest memories is her yelling at my dad from her Oldsmobile with her, head in, her headliner that was basically not there. It was like a foam that we could ride into as kids, but we always got in trouble if we did ride into it because it didn't come out. Always an interesting car. But, um, yeah, we'd get in a lot of trouble for that one. I remember her just yelling at my dad and throwing it in reverse, and he worked in gravel, so he just kicked rocks up everywhere. My first burnout pretty much in reverse, and then she threw it into gear and dipped out. It just spun a lot of rocks, but it, didn't, it you know it made a lot of noise just because of where we were. I remember that as a kid. But other than that, I had a pretty good childhood, and, like, my mom and everybody, we were always around. My mom hung out with the neighborhood moms, you know, um, she was a PTA mom and then, uh, she was always involved with my grandma who was a teacher. So my grandma Donna RIP just passed away, you know, maybe a year ago or so. She was a teacher for over 30 years at Grand Terrace Elementary. And, you know, a lot of my friends actually knew her when I went to middle school, it was up there. And a lot of them were like, Oh, she used to be my teacher. So that was always interesting. Um, uh, she was an awesome woman. You know, she is the reason why I am who I am. No questions, if, ands, or buts. She used to always bring us to museums and orchestras. I remember that as a child, just going to the orchestra and just watching the different, you know, all of these different um, wind instruments, the string instruments, all playing in accordance with each other. And just, it was amazing. It was always amazing. So I have like a different respect for that type of Hannibal Lecter music, I I call it. And then um, she was amazing. I could talk about her all day. And then my Aunt Lisa, who was my mom's sister, she was the reason why I'm into, like, a gamer. Um, I started playing computer games at a very young age, like Duke Nukem and Heretic and Chex Quest and things like that for people that remember that when we used to play out of MS-DOS and you had to input, you know, dot, dot .execute or the game dot .install. You know, it was those that know, you know, you know. Um, so, you know, my aunt Lisa was huge involved in that. She committed suicide, you know, maybe five, six years ago. That was always, you know, a big part that hit deep. I can remember where I was, who I was with, what all went down. It was very interesting timing. Um, she became, you know, overweight and was having knee issues and she worked at Loma Linda hospital. Let me just see, see if I can get this right. She worked at not the hospital, but a Loma Linda hospital research facility involving cancer by location pretty much so she would study the geographics i believe i'm saying it right um of cancer and just see if it spreads in this area and what it was and it was very strange towards the end she would smell stuff and she would smell it and be like oh i smell it like it's in here and this is more so stories i heard i saw it once and she was like do you smell that and i was like no i don't smell nothing she was like, there's, you know, there's things in here that causes cancer. I could smell it, blah, blah, blah. We're like, huh. So I wasn't really ever sure what was going on there. She was definitely more involved with that. She was a computer 
program. I'm not really sure. But she definitely started, you know, it was interesting because I remember the Christmas event where we were talking about going shooting and she was talking like, oh, guns, like I enjoy shooting, you know, I used to go shooting with your dad. And she was like, where could I, you know, check out a gun or buy a gun? And we told her about Dave's gun store over here in San Bernardino. And she asked us what a good gun was. And we told her about the Glocks and and how nice they were. So she went and purchased one. And uh, when she decided to use it, she used it on herself. And she left a note, which actually asked for the gun to be turned over to my little brother because she bought a really nice one just because he really liked that one. And she was hoping that, you know, it can be turned over to him and blah, blah, blah. Very interesting, very interesting how that all went down. Um R.I.P. Aunt Lisa, R.I.P. Grandma, we love you all. Back to my mom. She was a stay-at-home mom. She was always around. She was there. She was a solid piece of, like, my upbringing and my involvement in sports. Emotionally, we could always go to her and we could cry with her. My dad, he was the hard guy. He would definitely work, work, work. So we got a lot from him. Um, My sisters, they moved out one by one. Um, My brother, he was kind of weird, like my mom, into, like, gardening and stuff. I wasn't into gardening so much. I did a little bit. I did like I grew some corn and did a couple things, but it wasn't my jam, not really. Um, my brother was into gardening, and we did a lot of karate back in the day. He was a uh, into GI Joe. He loved his GI Joes, and like he was more into like the doll gardening, like chilling. He was more isolated. Um, me, I was always BMX and karate and sports and going out and socializing and riding my bike around. <laughs> Very different, but you know just different individuals at some point this is how my story goes i probably have it wrong this is just growing up what i've come to believe and understand not believe but this is what i've come to understand because i somebody tells me different i'm totally with it um my dad like i said he worked a lot he wasn't really emotionally available he's kind of like i am we just do what we got to do get home relax get back grind the next day my mom she was more you know um I don't know exactly, let's say emotion-driven, and she was very up and down where my dad was just kind of constant. My mom, at some point, began going to school. You know, know, finances became an issue with my dad's job, so my mom started going to school for computers, went to school for a while, got her AA, I believe it was called, which is a computer degree back in the day, probably still valid, I don't know. So my mom went and got her AA and started working on computers. I remember she worked at the Dell warehouse in Rancho Cucamonga. She got she got the job. She started working there after she graduated. Um, I think my aunt may have graduated from the same type of schooling somewhere around the same time period. Maybe they were kind of the same. I was too young to really remember. But my mom started working, doing the same thing that my aunt was doing, kind of. And um, after that, she got a job at Dell. And once she got the job there, I remember her coming home and she would complain about her boss and how he was an asshole and how he was treating her like this and saying this and yelling and blah, blah, blah. And she would talk, you know, talk trash about her boss um, and how she didn't like him. And time goes on, you know, her and my dad, like I said, they started fighting and the fighting started. I remember the burnout. I don't remember much fighting before that. I do remember one time my mom yelling at my dad in a room because I used to lock the door either when they were doing the hanky panky or when they were arguing, but they always did it behind doors. Um, I remember that as a kid, just the door being locked, and sometimes I'd be yelling, you know, and it was, like, not a good time, and other times there wouldn't, and we'd be like, what's going on? But we figured it out later in life. Um, With that being said, my mom at some point had that job, and it went from 
she had an annoying, rude, abusive boss to I'm going on a business trip to New Orleans. And I remember my dad and I and my little brother going to the airport with my mom. And when we got there, we met her boss. And that was Mike. Michael was there with his wife. And, you know, they were over there saying their kisses goodbye. I remember my dad, my mom, they, you know, they said their goodbyes. My mom and Mike aboard the plane. And that's when my dad looked back and said, that's your mom's boyfriend. I remember that. I'll, I'll, I'll always remember that. That was a huge changing point in my life. Because I was like, this was tripping. And at that point, I saw those alien suckers, the alien lollipops. They were like, bomb. And I think I got one. But I just remember the giant alien head. It was green. And that was pretty cool. So I got my alien lollipop. And we, we left. You know, I didn't think too much about it. My mom went to New Orleans for some business thing. And we went home. Um, after that, next time I remember... I, I was at school one day. I came home, and my dad was just crying on the couch. He had just tears running down his face. My dad was, you know, he was more of a harder individual. Never seen him cry before or after this, I don't believe. Um, but he was there, tears running down his face, and he had a cigarette in his hand. My dad never smoked a cigarette, never cried. So I came in, and I remember looking at him. I was like, stop playing. And that's when he looked up at me when I saw the tears in his eyes. That's when I already knew. And I just ran to my bed once again like I did when Grandpa Doug died and I just fell on my bed and just started crying the strange part looking back is I remember being a kid when my parents would get in a fight I would go like pray on my bed that they would get a divorce over and over I'd be like come on God just let them get a divorce like over and over I don't know why I would do that but I do remember it now um so just be careful what you wish for folks that's basically what that one boils down to uh coming back around I remember my dad looking up and just being like she's gone you know what I mean like your mom left and that's when it, it hit me. I don't remember what my little brother did, but that was a crazy time. So once once that all happened, this is when the American dream pretty much fell away. Because prior to that, we had our motorcycles. We had everything. You know, we had, it was an amazing childhood. Um, it makes me understand the strength that comes from a united family, from a father and a mother, and how you get the best of both worlds. And I could only imagine how hard it is for one person to do such a job. Um, it's amazing the value that a family can teach somebody. So with that being said, and like even when it comes to monogamy and all those things about being with one partner, and I always question it, I definitely think you could probably get, you know, uh, is it an equal value? I don't know if you had multiple wives or multiple husbands and you have multiple people looking over a child like it was their own. Can you love a child like it's your own if it's not your own? All questions, I believe you can because, you know, my my son's little sister, Ellie, I love her like she's mine, um, even though she's not. But she always has a spot here. Um, if I don't have a bed ready for her, I'll get one tomorrow. She can have mine type thing. But I basically do that for any kid now that I think about it. So very interesting, very interesting um, question right there, if you can love a kid like they're your own. Uh, I definitely see differences in the way that, you know, my lady treats our daughter than she treats my son, but my son's also 12 years old and is different. You know what I mean? He'll talk back. He does his thing. So it's kind of different. Judging a baby to a boy like that, I can't even – we'll see when the girl's 12 how she treats her, and then I can compare but at this point, it's not even fair to compare. Um, with that being said, you know, all my sisters, like I said, they moved out. Roughly one married an Italian guy, one married an illegal immigrant. 
Hispanic guy, Mexican guy. One married a black guy and one married a member of the KKK. So there are no family reunions. Um, they all fight periodically. They get along sometimes. I think yep, every sister has had a drug history um, from heroin to PCP to crack um, to methamphetamines to prescription drugs. Def- definitely currently like methadone clinic type levels. I have one cousin in my life. I visited him at Pat- Patton Mental Institute. He's been in and out. So, you know, it, it was interesting childhood. Um, but you know, I wouldn't change anything about it. This whole episode, basically, I just want to do about my childhood. I don't even want to go from, you know, that point on. Cause when my mom left, that's when everything definitely changed. I just wanted to keep to the American dream, you know, basically at that point. Um, cause after that, that was the last time I passed a class, you know, in third grade, that's when my mom left. I believe my homework started to stumble, but by fourth grade, it was done. I failed. You know, third grade, I believe she left in, and fourth grade was my first F-bomb. Um, at that point, my dad tried to, you know, pick up the pieces, but my dad is just a worker. That's what my dad does. That's what he always did. I'm very concerned now that he's on retirement, you know, what he's going to do. He continues to build motorcycles, but he's 60-something. You know, he's not really out riding them, so hopefully we can get him in a car scene or something, you know, a muscle car or do something, but we'll see. We'll see. With that being said, folks, I just want to, like, present you with a little, because I know you probably hear, like, oh, man, this little ghetto kid, or if you hear the episode that I just did with my son about me going off the edge, like, we had completely different upbringings, but up until that point, I had mom and dad, and I, I wish that every, you know, I had a good mom and a good dad, you know, up until third grade-ish, uh, in my eyes, in my perspective, at least, I had a decent, you know, mom and dad to that point. And I wish that everybody could have that. I know that not many people get that opportunity, especially most of the kids growing up now. As I look around, like most of them don't have mom and dad. You'll have a mom and stepdad and, you know, it gets a little hairy. It's kind of sad, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, Maybe that we value ourselves and our happiness more than, you know, the success of a family or, you know, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just in America. Definitely interested to see, you know, hear the feedback on that one. Um, I need to get the website and everything going. I need to get on the ball. Definitely been working a lot of hours out here in this heat trying to get these Hondas going. Just wanted to give you guys a little sample of the childhood right there. Um, if you guys have any questions, comments, statements, go ahead. Subscribe where you get your podcast. You know what I mean? Um, link up wherever you, on social media. You can send me your messages, send me your questions, send me your comments. Love to hear back from everybody. Let me know where you're from. Give you some couple shout outs or whatever. Um, let me know what you guys want to hear, man. As far as, you know, me bringing people in, I definitely have some guests coming in super excited. I'll be dropping, you know, throughout the week. I want to give you guys at least an episode every Tuesday. Is it Tuesday or Wednesday? But I'm pretty sure it's Tuesday as I drop them. Um, if I come up with another one throughout the week, I'll definitely kick it to you guys, you know, give you guys an extra something. But once a week, I want to bring somebody in that keeps me socially, you know, popping around with the community And it gives me the opportunity to allow others to have their voice heard. And hopefully it leads to amazing conversations. So with that being said, I love you guys. I'm a Green Bay Packer fan all day. I watch, you know, football. I'm in fantasy football. I do the particularly Packers podcast. If anybody's into football, that's where y'all can find second source. You know what I mean? Out there because I love football. It's been my life since I was a kid. Um, Collect football cards off the Yang. So with that being said,
broadcasting to you straight from the ghetto. This is Bob Dog checking out. Love you. Appreciate you. And I'll catch y'all later. All righty. The time has come. You've been listening to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Follow us on social media, subscribe on YouTube, and visit nipplewhiskerspodcast.com for exclusive offers and information on upcoming episodes. This podcast will now self-destruct in three, two, one...